The following is a podcast from One Community Church. Join us as Pastor Joel Hendricks shares this week's message. <laughs> They'll be on the screen. I'm going to introduce a new series called Elisha, not Elijah, this morning. A tale of ridiculous faith. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles, your app, whatever it is. I want you to go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 19, verse 19 is where we're starting. We'll finish out that chapter. 1 Kings 19, that's, that's in the Old Testament too, by the way. I mean, I'm not saying you don't know that. I'm just saying, but it's in the Old Testament. Be careful, you'll flip right over it, all right? It'll be on the screen for you. I read from the New Living Translation, not that that's more powerful or special than the King James Version or the New King James or the NIV, whatever you read from, just follow along me so you know it's not just my words. And yes, this morning I'll read the Bible verses first, okay? Since some of my staff are like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? All right? Say amen if you found your place. First Kings 19, 19 through 21. It's on the, well, it was on the screen. First Kings 19, 19 through 20. Anybody else? Now, if you found your place, will you say amen? amen? Okay, baby, here we go. And let me mind you, too. Let me mind you, because it's not your first time with me. You've got to put your gospel seatbelt on with me. I speak fast, preach fast, have one gear, and until I strip it out, wear it out, I'm going to use it, okay? So here we go. 1 Kings 19, verse 19. Elijah and Elisha meet, all right? Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Saphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the fields, so 24 oxen, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. It's important you get that. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then walked away. Elijah left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. It's a good translation of what it said. The King James don't really capture that in its essence. You have to have that Hebrew broke down. But in this modern translation, this is good. He said, it's not that he couldn't go back and kiss goodbye. He said, just think about what's going on here for a moment. Sometimes it's good for us to slow down just a second and think about what's going on around us and what's going on in our life. Think about what's done to you. Verse 21, so Elijah returned to his, his oxen and slaughtered them. Man, crazy. Slaughtered them. Use the wood from the plow to burn, a, to build a fire, to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat, and the townspeople all ate big fat steaks that night. They all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Ridiculous faith. Ridiculous faith. This morning I want to start the series with ridiculous commitment. Do you know in the 21st century our vernacular has changed that literally, if you will Google this, not only will you look up the Marion or the Webster Dictionary, there's also this thing called the Urban Dictionary. And you have to be really careful, all right, because you may read a definition of something, and you're like, I just can't believe I just said that in my voice, in my brain. It's a bad word, man. They got a lot of different, lot of different meanings for words. And so you know when I say ridiculous, I don't mean necessarily that's ridiculous, okay, like the standard definition. Do you understand that I'm talking about how, and when I say, like, for instance, man, that touchdown yesterday, that was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Is that all right? Is it okay if I talk like that? All right, well, I don't care if you don't like it or not. But anyway, and so that's just ridiculous. It's like saying something like, you know, used to you'd say, well, especially like, let's say Jennifer's line of work, you know, being in this health industry. Um, somebody comes and goes, I'm really sick. That's sick. Well, it's got a different connotation. It means something different. But if I say something like, man, that outfit baby is sick. You know what I'm saying? It's, 
Don't look at me like that. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? All right? It's a ridiculous faith, man. Something radically different and out of the box. Something that's just, you stand back and go, wow. And listen, it's easy to do that with everybody else, isn't it? And you go, man, I, listen, Jessica and others, and we're going to pray over you guys at the end, too. By the way, don't let me forget that, because uh, uh, the Alpha team is over there in Rwanda, and we're praying for them, and you guys will be flying out the 11th, right? The 11th, and so we want to pray, on the, uh, pray, on, pray over the other half of the team. You just look at them and go, man, that's ridiculous. How can you just stop everything and do this and then boom? And I used you guys as an example last night, preached a different series a different sermon, excuse me, and I, I told them about just opening your possibilities. I watched you guys raise, what, over thirteen, over $14,000 within two months uh, to make this trip possible, and then all the other stuff that is flooded in, the granola bars, the uh, protein bars, the beefed up stuff that's coming in, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just crazy, and we look at everybody else and we think, man, we can't live like that. I'm here to challenge you this morning. You can live with ridiculous faith, but it starts with ridiculous commitment. That's what we see in Elisha. Let me give you a little context and, and slow down just a moment. Just, just pull back just a little bit on the throttle. Elisha often gets overshadowed by his mentor, Elijah. Elijah was a giant in the faith. Man, we watched him, if we read after him, we watch him call down fire on Mount Carmel and destroy all the prophets of Baal and see great victory. Then we watch him be like most of us men, scared of a woman. Uh, just Jezebel said, I'm okay. It's just a rumor, man. And he runs, he runs out into the uh, valley area, and God says, hey, what are you doing in the valley? Go to the mountain. And so he sends him up on the mountain, he goes off in the cave, and God comes by, and God reminds him in this, this whole different, you know, sermon. Uh, he, he doesn't speak in, in, the, in the movement of the earth, the quake. He doesn't in the fire. He speaks in that wind, that little whisper. He says, come out of there. I've got 7,000 prophets. Man, you need to start a school down there. I've got people. You're not by yourself. Go. And so Elijah, and then he also tells him about Elisha, that he would pass the mantle on to. It's very, very encouraging to know that, that we're setting something up here that will not just stop with us, that it will go on. What we want to do with our children is invest in them and to teach them something greater and want them to do greater than we have done. Our girls went to First Friday and uh, uh, the parade down at Clemson, and, and, and you, you saw a post by my wife, Atlanta, man. She said, I want to be this sort of this sort. I want to do this, I want to do this. And I'm like, please, can I just get you out of fifth grade? Can I just... Get you out of fifth grade. That's all I'm worried about right now, okay? And you better do really, really well because scholarships, we have to have those in the Hendricks household, okay? All right? And so it's, it's cool to know that there's something going to go on after you, all right? And so God is encouraging Elijah. And so Elisha is his, is his mentee, is, is, is his understudy, is going to be his apprentice, is going to take over. Did you know something that's really interesting when you study you still with me say amen very interesting about elisha even though he's overshadowed by elijah all right sha ja we do that with me sha ja okay sha ja right okay you got it okay all right elisha is often overshadowed but very interesting if you stop and you look at it outside of jesus christ and all of the 66 canonized books of the bible all right authoritative books of the bible okay the pocket is not canonized so if you, anyway so those 66 books out of all of those all put together outside of jesus okay you, you can't take jesus off the table but you know he's the mac daddy right he, he's done the most elisha performed the most miracles did you know that I mean, you stop and think about it he performed the most miracles he did the most ridiculous acts of faith 
that resulted in the most miraculous things. He is bar none the greatest outside of Jesus in that arena. I thought it was very interesting when I began to study about Elisha. One of the things that we look at, again, I, this is all put it in context, all introduction as we look at Elisha in this, this ridiculous tale of faith that begins with ridiculous commitment. We, we've, we see in this setting exactly because if you're like me, I look at it and go, I want to be like those superheroes, all right? And I'm not talking about Hulk, even though I love the Hulk, okay? I love my comics and all that good stuff. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about these, these heroes of the Bible, these men and women that seem to be giants in the Bible. But I, I paused that and said, you want to note that because I want to set it in context and show you that when, when God called him, exactly what Elisha was doing. Well, the first thing we, we see about him is that <laughs> I want you to notice his position. He, he, was, he was in the 12th group. He was last in line. You see, we often look at it and say, well, I can't, I can't do anything ridiculous. I can't have anybody stop and look at what I'm doing and go, look at, look at how God is working in that family. Look at how God is working in that kid's life. Look at how God, I can't, man, I, I, I'm not there yet. Listen, he's last in line. So his position, it's not about where you are. It's about who you are and really who he is. And so when we find Elijah, this tale of ridiculous faith that begins with ridiculous commitment, I will say that a million times because I want you to get it. Okay? You see, it's, it's not that he was some superstar or something special. He was actually the last guy in line. Not only that, what do we find him doing? Come on. What was he doing? Plowing. It doesn't take really deep thinking to stay with me, okay? You just have to listen fast, not deep, okay? I don't want to get stuck in a rut. He was plowing. He was plowing. Anybody ever... <laughs> Now, I'm talking about with your tractor, man, all right? Yeah, I've got my tractor, man. I'm plowing, riding my farmer. Have you ever, how many of you have ever worked a team of donkeys, cows, bulls, oxen, goats? I don't know, whatever. I'm not a farmer. I have no idea, okay? I go to Ingalls and buy goats. I don't, man, I, if you can, at least you can yoke them up, they can pull. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying, Pastor. All right? But I'm asking you, how many of you, <laughs> how many of you, anybody ever done that? Okay. The molding folk have. I see them hands back here. The mold. I mean, our wise ones. Our wise ones. That's that's what we call them around here. That's our wise ones. They've done that. You know something? You ever seen? If you've been like me, been on foreign missions, you, you've seen that they don't have a lot of the advancements that we have here. That's made us lazy and rather large. Um, we don't have those things, and so they they still use those animals and they plow. You know, just stop and think about it for a moment, okay? What is your view all day long? What was your view? Thank you for saying back end, okay? All right? In this group, I was really afraid once I let that out that it may come back, especially with some of our Salem folk here. It might come out something else, okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the rear end of the auction. Can you, I mean, so I, do you see before I, I don't want you to rule this out and go, man, this is not for me. This, this, this church is crazy and there's no way I can have ridiculous faith. There's no way I can be ridiculously committed to something that's so much bigger than me. I'm, I'm just a peon. I've, listen, I've, I've screwed up a million times. I don't have anything. Man, I'm falling apart now. I just want you to understand. He was last in line and all day long he looked at the back end of two oxen, two cows all day long. Do you imagine not only the view but the smell? Pew. I was preaching last night out there on Highway 11, and I'm not kidding you. It wasn't the Holy Ghost that flew in there at the last minute. Man, it was this great big wolf of chicken newer. They just, you know, 
Y'all want near near? Some of y'all might be. There's a lot of Chicago folk up there, a lot of Yankees with us last night. And I, I had to slow things down a little bit for them, make sure they understood my binocular. And, uh, it, you know, it, sometimes I thought they had using binoculars. But it just, who it just, man, it blew through there. And I was like, mm, Jesus. All right. Could you imagine? Can you imagine? You, you, thought you, you had no idea what you was getting into this morning. Could you imagine? That all day long, all you can see is the back end of these oxen or cows, these donkeys, these mules, these goats, if I want to plow with goats, bless God. And the smell, can you imagine it? And you say, how does that apply? How many of you, how many of you find yourself in this, in this season? Let's say men that you don't have to high five, you don't have to punch your wife. Don't Listen, how many of you find yourself in the mundane of life. Just every day, the same thing over and over. Clock in the same place. If you're a parent, the same dirty diapers, the same. Di- are you going to pick those up? Really? Are you kicking the trash bags right there and you're going to throw it right there? Like maybe six inches every day, the same thing, the same. Matter of fact, some of you are so routine, you wear the same outfits on the same day. You've got the same socks, the same drawers, and the same brassiere. You just wear them over and over and over and over. And your life is just boring. It's become routine. I'm here to tell you that God is not into boring, but He may find you and use you in the mundane, my friend. It wasn't a superstar. It wasn't some spectacular moment. The heavens didn't part. All this dude did was walk up and throw his coat on him, which would have been a wild fur. You all right? We, we over-centralize. We make this some kind of big moment. Really, listen, he chooses the average person that's just doing what they do. Now, I'm not suggesting that you look at your kids and say, you're being an oxen rear. Or you go to your job tomorrow and you tell your boss, you're being a jack. I'm just saying, I would not do that, okay? Do not say, my pastor, Brad Lee Martin... Said or Thad Barnes, either one of those names will work, both of them are pastors here. Said you're being an oxus, but no. But I want you to get this in context, and we're gonna have a good time as we should always. I want you to get these truths and see that they're for you and they're for us, and it's right where we live. It's in the trenches. His position, he was last. You don't have to be first. Matter of fact, the Bible says the last will become first. The first will become last. The weak will be strong. The confused will become wise. You understand? It's always the reverse of what the world is opposite of it. The cowardly will become brave. Those that could not will do will leap tall buildings <laughs> in a single bound. I can't wait. Well, float. I, anyway, I dreamed last night, man. I was, I was so geared with preaching. I was listening to preaching last night when I got home, man. Everybody had gone to bed. It's about one, two. I don't know when I passed out. I told her this morning, I said, I dreamed my, my media minister, which it, you can see his frustration a minute ago. Couldn't get to the, I broke the mic this morning, so it's my fault. My dream last night, Chad, that, man, I was, uh, I was preaching somewhere in some arena. It was just ginormous. And, and I sit down, I sit down with some folks I'd pastored years ago that tagged me on a a post this past week of baptizing their son, whom is a giant of a man nowadays, and and uh, you 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 slipped up from somewhere, man. Not down there, but you know you just come right there. <laughs> you said, "Put this on, man. We can communicate before you go on stage." I'm just preaching him asleep, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you said, "Why you tell?" I don't know why I told you that either. But I'm just I'm just sharing my life with you. It's not about who you are, where you are. It's not about your position. 
He's plowing. He's just doing everyday stuff. Some of you just do everyday stuff. And God says, I've got supernatural things and that everyday stuff. If you will just ridiculously commit to me. You understand? So I want you to see just who, he, who we're talking about. I want to see, I want to see, and then I want you to see before I transition into the sermon, I want you to see the proposition that was made to him. I, I mentioned it a second ago when I said that he just, all he did was walk up and throw his coat on him. He just, put, he just passed the mantle. Now, to us, that seems silly and it doesn't make any sense to us, maybe if we just read it and just look at it. But in context, he knew exactly what it meant. Elisha knew exactly what Elijah was doing. He was saying, my anointing, I'm passing on to you. Now, I'm going to tell you, Elijah, the reason he's radical to me, and he just ex- exudes ridiculous faith, it's just, it, it, not all the miracles. This is what this cat did. I like his swagger. You know what he did? He asked for a double portion of the anointing. He said, I don't want just what he had. I want twice as much as he had. That's the kind of guy I want to be, right? I want to swag up in there. I got double portion. I'm talking about all the bling and all the cars and stuff like that, man. You know what I'm saying? My pipes don't leak anymore because my, my boy fixed my pipes. You know what I'm saying? In my house, you know, Sanders said, I can't believe last week you told him we got a bucket in our shower to catch the leaky water. Well, that's the real, real, man. Sometimes the faucets leak. <sighs> and Tyler Cannon, just let him know, man. He'll fix you up, all right? <laughs> all right? But he just passed, he's just saying, man, he put the, put the coat on him. And when he did that, watch this. When he did that, a proposition was made. An invitation was extended. And the same invitation is still being extended in the 21st century. An invitation to be anointed to something greater. See, what, what, what happened in a moment, Elisha began to, he, and, and you know, Jesus would refer to him. I don't know if you ever caught this before in his, in his teachings. Jesus referred, would refer back to Elisha. And he would say, a man that puts his hands to the plow, that looks back or lets go, is not fit for the kingdom of God. He's talking about this incident right here. Not because he left and come back. He's talking about this radical commitment he sees, this ridiculous commitment that he sees here in this moment. And it's not that he didn't, it's not, listen, it's not that he, it's not that he didn't understand. He knew exactly. Here's what it was, all right? Hey, pay attention back there. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. Is what you're doing good? Or is my invitation greater? And I want you to think about it this morning. What you're committed to now when you rolled up in here, what you did last night, what you did this past week, what you've done this past month, what you've done up until this very moment, the Holy Spirit had led me to say this to you. Listen, which invitation is greater? It's what you're committed to. And listen, if it is, stay committed. Be ridiculously committed. If you're going to live for the world, man, live it up. Enjoy everything of it that it has to offer. But if you're going to get into the kingdom and under this anointing and have a double portion of it, you've got to be ridiculously committed to the cause of Christ. And I'm going to lead you to two things. There's two thoughts that it's involved in that, all right? And no, I, I, I don't mean sell your TV and cut your satellite off, okay? All right? I got you verse, and my ESPNs, plural, ESPNs, zin, 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 was acting up, and I was fit to be tied. Because all I care about is the sports channels, baby, all right? Especially this season, go Tigers. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and go Gamecocks. I will not say it the other way, all right? And go Bulldogs, man. Anyway, so here we go. What does it take to be told? He, he, watch this, right? You take notes here. If you hadn't already been taking notes, I want you to get these two major thoughts. Here it is. Here's what we see in Elijah about ridiculous commitment, okay? You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Let, let me slow it down and say it again because some of you went, Phew! all right, here we go. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. 
You, you do not see this. Now watch this crazy, right? Crazy. That the preacher would say this. You, you know what I don't see Elisha doing? He did not stop and have a prayer meeting. That's crazy, right? And you say, well, preacher, you're not telling us to pray. When you know that you know that you know. I'd say jump on it. Jump on it. Anyway. <laughs> I just make sure you're listening, all right? You didn't say that. He, you do not see him stopping to pray and say, wait a minute, Elijah, let me pray. No, no, you, you do not see him doing that. You do not see him praying or having a prayer meeting or calling the council together and get counseling and all this and ask everybody. He didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. You see, he does it immediately. He just says, let me kiss my mom and daddy. Man, he's a mama's boy. You know how I, just, I know how that is, right? And he just says, remember this invitation, the proposition. And that's all he gave him. He, as a matter of fact, check this out in, in this list. Check this out. That's all he says to him. All he did was put his coat on him. You do not have to understand fully to obey immediately. That is ridiculous commitment. Do you know often God will only give you one word? You see, because I know you OCD types, right? You got to have the details, man. And you type A's. I got to have a plan. I got to have it. And anybody that's ever done ministry with me will know how do I roll by the seat of my bridges. And normally drive everybody crazy around me. Because at the last minute, I'll pull something out and go, this is what we're going to do. Change it all. They've learned to adjust on the fly with me. All right? I don't brag on that. It's just how I'm wired. But I, I've been challenged by this verse because, see, I think I'm in the right. Because I believe, watch this, you say, God, I need the details. I mean, you, some of you, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, just this point, I've only got two major ones, just this first point is going to liberate you. Because you've been going, God, you've been spending hours in prayer. You've been lamenting. That was that was religious, wasn't it? You've been, you've, been, you've been weeping over, God, I need the details. I need to know how to fix my marriage. I need to know how to fix my job. I need to know how to raise my kids. God, I'm just lamenting. Just, God, please, will you give an answer? Am I supposed to date him? Well, if he's a bomb, no. Am I supposed to date her? I, if she's, anyway, God, please, 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 please. God's not going to give you the details. Read it from the beginning to the very end. If anywhere, very, very, very few details. You know what God reminded me of? You could not handle, you could not, and no, I'm not going to say the truth, okay? I've seen the movie. You can't handle the truth. No. You could not handle the details. Just stop and think for a moment. Just stop and think for a moment of all your life's journey up until this point. For some of you, it's been a few years. For some of us, it, it's almost 40 years, all right? But the valleys, the mountaintops, all the stuff, the relationships, the people you said things to or the people you've committed to. Oh, my gosh, I love you, baby. Really? Very few high school sweethearts are still together. Thank God for the ones that are. Bless you in the name of Jesus. But it don't work that way. Because our emotions get involved. Just think, just, think of, just think of the heartache. Just think about the phone calls that you have. Could you have handled all the details up front? No, ma'am, no, sir, you could not. That's why it's called walking by faith and not by sight. I will trust Him every step I make. 
This day is the day the Lord has given me. Not yesterday, it's gone. Not tomorrow, it may not be there. But today, I will walk in the power of the anointing of Jesus. I will do as He tells me to do. I don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Some of you, you're still dilly-dallying and waiting on all this stuff when God's giving you the one word. Go! Go! Sometimes He says, come. Sometimes he says, leave. Sometimes he says, break up with that bum. Sometimes he says, lay that pipe down. Leave that bottle alone. Sometimes he says, start helping. Start was the one word. You couldn't handle the details. Elias just, he doesn't get all the details. He just goes immediately some of you are missing the greatest things God has for you the greater proposal the greater proposition the greater invitation the ridiculous faith because you won't ridiculously commit he won't give you all the details just like this church just like this church you know my story I quit I'm pastoring again I will I will never do that again. Them some of the meanest people that have ever been in my whole people mean. I don't I don't even like myself most of the time, let alone like you. I just said that. I just said that. Don't don't get offended at me. I've really fallen in love with all of you. Most of you. 49.5% of you so far. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. You see? God said, use old boy, he's not even with us anymore. On our way back, down 28 from Wahala, meet me over here at this building. We planned in the Bible study group, we planned to maybe do some outreach, maybe on a Saturday, use one of his buildings in town, John Rochester, Rochester's old Rochester import building, which is now a garage that's a funky purple color. All right, anyway, we were just going to feed the, the community and, and maybe just love on them. But somewhere in our prayer time together, there's about 12 of us. You know the story. You, some of you have been with us from the very beginning. I said, no, God's telling us to start a church. And he looked at me and he said, listen, do you have any reservation or fear whatsoever about starting a church? And I was just naive enough, or you can be real spiritual and say, I trusted Jesus enough to say, I have none. And here we are. And I've watched people come and go. I've watched them. I tell people all the time. I was telling the folks last night. I said, they asked me how the church is going. Some are coming, some are going. That's church. I don't ever want to be this thing that's just a, a big vacuum that sucks everybody in and never lets you go. I want you to come in, get what you need, and go back out into the world. That's what we're supposed to do. All right? Now, if you want to claim to be at one, just, you know, that's cool, man. Put a sticker on your car. Whoop, whoop. All right? <laughs> Whatever. I want you to be a Christian. I don't want you to try to be like Jesus. I want you to train to be like Jesus. I want you to understand what ridiculous commitment looks like. A bunch of nuts to give everything. Did you know we put our names on the line? Did you know there's three of us that have our names on the line for everything that we do? Every dollar that's spent, every dollar that's borrowed. There's three of us that our families are radically impacted by what goes on here. Now that yours is not, now that you're not committed, now that we don't want you to be committed. And if you'll hang on in a few weeks, we're going to really ask you to be committed, okay? All right, and I don't mean the loony bin, okay? All right? Just... Filling you out. Just start. I don't know why some of you are waiting. 
He has said, come. Be saved. Give it up. Let go. I'm starting fresh and anew. Some of you, I, I love a conversation I had the other morning. I was asking about baptism. I, I don't know if I've told you this before. I think I have. I told you I quit pastoring. I just told you that. We started this thing, and here we are. But before we started this, I, I had quit pastoring, but I started at a church. I'm thankful for my wife. She invited me, and, and uh, uh, she and uh, Dana uh, Sullivan invited me to church uh, on a Wednesday night, and God radically began to change my life. Even a pastor all those years, been in church all those years. You know, <laughs> I, I, It was crazy. And so for some of you, for some of you, maybe you felt like this before, but you know, you said, well, I've been baptized. And I'm not talking about baptized in the Spirit. I've, I've been baptized in the Spirit as well. But, but what I mean is, and I'm talking about being immersed in the Spirit. I don't mean all the stuff that happens. I'm just talking about just being fully immersed in the Spirit. But I began to think about, man, I was baptized before I went on that mission trip and, and began to understand my calling. But I, but I was at a place where I needed to rededicate my life. And so when I rededicated my life, I felt like, man, listen, I'm starting over. This is a brand new start. And so at this church, a particular church, the church of God I was going to in Anderson, they was giving, they was having baptism in a pool outside. And, and so I don't know if you, we, we used to call him Bone, Bone and Steak. His little brother would play ball with him all. But Bone, uh, 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 Reggie, blessing game, all right. <laughs> he watches, he'd be like, that's me right there, yeah. Um, but I told him, I said, man, I said, we, he was like, I'm baptized, I'm baptized. We got to go to Walmart, man. I got I to eat some shorts. And so I was baptized again. And so people will criticize that, though. They'll say, man, you don't have to be baptized at one time. No, you didn't. You don't have to be baptized at all, right? I mean, it's salvation that gets you into heaven. It's faith. The thief on the cross. I get it. I've been to seminary. I get it. But isn't it cool every now and then to just, just ridiculously, something that just people would say, that's ridiculous? Just like, that's ridiculous, man. It's the fresh start. Just ridiculous commitment. It was symbolic to say, man, Man, I thought I was committed before. <laughs> I'm sold out. We, I'll share this on the Why I'm Chasing This Rabbit. I'll share it with you, man. I knew in my heart, listen, I knew in my heart, this is not hokey pokey or super switch. You listen, say amen. amen. When, I was, when the church I quit from and the church I got hurt so bad in, uh, Thad and Keisha were my worship pastors. And, uh, man, we got our butts handed to us. You've heard me say, you've heard me reference. We, we just literally got our, the people are all, we're great. I don't know why in the world. It was just a difficult time for us. And I lived in, but I, I just had in my heart, I wasn't going to say nothing to him about starting a church. Sanders, my witness. I just had him in my heart. He was struggling that day. I hadn't talked to him in weeks because I, I was just kind of, you know, embarrassed over the situation. I was struggling myself and da, da, da. But I was beginning to revive, you know, this being baptized, rededicated, this, this new commitment in my life, ridiculous commitment. So I called Pastor Tad up. And so we begin to talk, and he's, man, he's miserable. No joy. Man, he's just miserable. And I felt guilty because I got him in that mess. You know, I mean, God, really, I mean, you know, he listens to God more than listens to me, but I'm just saying, you know, I you know, kind of got him in that mess. And so we began to pray, and I thought, man, and so I remember that we, we were, didn't know where the building would be when we'd launch one, and we didn't even know it'd be one at that time. You know, again, we didn't hire some, as you can tell, some kind of consulting firm to give us a catchy name with a catchy logo. We just went with what God led us to go with. But I remember meeting Thad, and I said, listen, man, I don't have anything to offer you. You remember? I don't have anything to offer you except Complete, sold out, my last hoorah, commitment. I will stick it out, thick or thin, I won't leave you, and I won't quit. And he began to cry, and I began to go, <laughs> no. It's just ridiculous commitment, and we're not done yet. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Sometimes you couldn't. Give it one word, 
But I promise you, if you obey that one word, God will knock your socks off. Let me give you the, the last thought, and, I, and I'll end with this one. I promised you too. This one's pretty doggone cool. You listen, if you take notes, I want you to say it twice. Those God uses the most, that's the key word, those God uses the most are the ones who hold on to the least. Those God will use the most, generally, 99.9% of the time, hold on to the least. Ridiculous commitment is this. He goes back and he kills the ox. And now, if you put it in context of biblical times, you would say, well, that kind of makes sense. They would always sacrifice a cow or something and offer it, blah, blah, blah. He, he, he slaughters them. Everybody eat big fat steaks. And now they grilled out, man. It was just, I was going to say shrimp on the barbie, but they didn't have any shrimp. It was just all ox on the barbie, okay? And they had a good time, right? Now, what, that would just be kind of, okay, cool, right? But how did he make the fire? He used his plow. What was his plow to him? It was everything to him, man. It was his livelihood. It was his family heritage. Because obviously with 24 ox or 12 set of ox, they were pretty well off. I'm not saying they were rich. I'm just saying in historical perspective, he was pretty good, man. He had, he had a legacy. He had heritage. He, he would have done pretty good for himself. But when God said, come... And Elijah is God's spokesman, so it's the Spirit of God, the anointing on him. And he would ask for a double portion, man. He would radically be shifted. He, he listened. He, he, he immediately, he didn't understand, but he immediately, he obeyed. And watch this, he didn't hold on to anything. He killed the ox and he burnt the plow. He let it go. This is what the world now, listen, if my girls come in and they're saying, listen, I believe I'm going to do just this, and I'm, I would say, wait a minute, let's keep our options open, right? Anybody ever heard that or said that? Diversify. Have you ever heard it said this way? You're listening, I promise you I'm almost done. Are you listening to me? Have you ever been told this? Or have you ever said this to someone else because you've been told this? You better be careful about burning those bridges. Because you may have to go back over them. You see, that's, that's anti-everything, this ridiculous commitment. That's everything opposite of ridiculous faith. When I move forward for God, I want to move forward for God. I don't have to go back. I don't look back anymore because I'm not going back that way anymore. And so he burned his plow. He said, listen, I'll never come this way again. Same thing when he called Peter. They said, listen, they forsook everything. They left everything. The fishing industry altogether become fishers of men. Elijah said, I'm going to show you ridiculous commitment. He burned the plow. He broke it up, burned it. He killed the oxen. He cooked the steak. He fed, fed everybody. And he said, see you later, suckers. Wouldn't want to be you. Some of you, you keep leaving that bridge when you need to burn it. What I'm asking God to do in the ending of this message is for us to have a plow-burning faith. That God, I'm not going to worry about what I don't have or what I do have. I'm not going to hang on to it anymore. I'm going to burn that plow. I don't know what it is that you're hanging on. It may be a relationship. It may be an addiction. It may be a website. Hey, listen, I know guys that, man, man, they did good for a while with pornography because when it was just a computer, they could have things that would monitor and all this stuff. But when the smartphone came out, it rocked their world. I know people right now that still carry a little old school flip phone because they understand that if they get that smartphone, it is nothing but a bridge back to the old life. Some of you, you've got bridges back to the old life. You need to burn your plow. You need to burn those old bridges and continue to move forward into ridiculous commitment.
Now watch this. If you get no other statement, I want you to get this statement and we're going to open the altar. I want you to get this. If you're going, I'm telling you, you're going to want to tweak this, man. It's that good, I promise you. If you're going to, if you're going to move toward your destiny, all right? If, if, you, if you're going to step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your comfort. If you're going to step toward your destiny in ridiculous commitment, you're going to have to step away or out of your comfort. You just keep them around because it keeps you comfortable. I keep that box of cookies and cream in there because it's my comfort food. You've got to burn those bridges. Now, I'm not saying to you to go to your job tomorrow and set the place on fire and burn it down. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not saying go to that person that keeps keeping you distracted and set them on fire. Mm-mm. No. Pastor Bradley did not say that. No. But I promise you, I promise you that it is the most uncomfortable thing you will ever do because it is the most unnatural and God is not a natural God. He's a supernatural God. And he said, if you want my destiny, I have prepared for you. You will have to step out of your comfort. Thank you for listening to the One Community Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us for worship, our service begins at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Or check us out on the web at onechurchsc.org. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We hope you have enjoyed this message and may God bless.